Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey everybody, Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan J. Frederick coming off his uh, critically acclaimed appearance on Wrestling Observer Radio. It's in the clinch, MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Um, I want to thank you all for listening and uh, downloading and any new listeners we have. Make sure to subscribe to whatever feed it is that you listen to this on. Um, It uh, helps out the site, gets you the downloads right away as soon as they go up, which is very convenient. And uh, you get all the great stuff on the Fikey Media free feed. And, uh, you know, and you can check out some of the other stuff. And and if you haven't already, also please consider supporting our Fight Game Media Patreon, just five bucks a month at patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media, which gets you all kind of bonus content from uh, pro wrestling, boxing, MMA, pop culture, all that good stuff. So, uh, Ryan, got a packed show again this week. We, uh, as always, when it's a pay-per-view week coming in or out of, and uh, this weekend was no exception. UFC 286 from London, and uh, I, I that main event, man. Um, we're we're going to kick off. I think right start. Are we going to talk right about it right now? Do you think? Yeah, let's yeah. just jump right into it. Okay, because um, I. I was one of the only people that scored this fight for Usman. Um, but I mean, I'm not, I don't think like I, I easily could have scored it for Edwards. And if I watched it again, which, you know, I don't do, um, I might, I might score it for Edwards. You know, um, I, I, I will say that I, I thought round one was very clearly Edwards round, probably the most definitive round in the fight. Um, I thought two and three were really close. Um, and I thought four was pretty clearly, well, sorry. I thought four was not as close as two and three, but still pretty close. And I thought five was, you know, pretty clearly Edwards, but, but also closer than round one. So really four of the five rounds were close. And I guess, I guess I gave all the close, I gave three of the four close rounds to Usman. And that's why I came up with the 48, 46 scorecard that I did. Um, but you know, and you you went the other way, as did most other people, 48-46 um, Edwards. And, and I was expecting a draw, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know about you. Uh, no, it's hard to say what I was expecting. I, I do know, like, like you know, I was watching this at home, home of course. Unfortunately, I would have loved to go to England for this show. But yeah. Was, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, but I watched it with my dad. And I remember, I remember when Buffer was announcing the scores and he goes, 
48, 46. And then he says 48, 46 again, again, before he even said the third scorecard, I go, I told my dad sitting right next to me, Edwards, Edwards won. And then boom, boom. See, and, and I didn't know, like, I didn't, I I, I didn't know if he was going to say and still or and new and usually you do. And I had no idea. Yeah. Like, like once, once buffer said the two forty eight forty sixes, I knew my, I knew my mind Edwards won because, because I, I mean, I had it, I had it 48, 46. I, I saw so many people having it, having it 48, 46. And the problem is, is I don't see how Usman won three rounds. He got outstruck every single round. round. He did. Yeah. I didn't see the stats. So I mean, yeah, I, I saw the stats. He got, he got outstruck every single round. Yeah, and so, see, I think they finally showed the stats. I don't know if it was like the fourth round. And and so at that point, I was like, okay, wait, am I watching like a different fight here? Like I and and you know, and I think what it was was that um and you and you guys didn't talk about this um when when you did your recap on Wrestling Observer. Um so I'm glad because we can talk about it now. I think like the difference may have been that um, they probably threw about the same amount and, and maybe even Usman threw more. I, I, you probably got the stats there, but it was that Edwards was so much more accurate. And so when you're watching, oh, I, yeah, I remember specifically bringing up the accuracy thing when we were talking about the fight. Cause, cause he landed, he landed like an insane 75, like 75. Yeah. And, and Usman was like 26. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, 42%. 42 okay yeah so i mean that might be the difference right there whereas i was not i didn't see the stats though they stopped flashing the scorecards um on on the tv i think like in the third round i think it is the last time they showed and they showed mine because it was different they showed after they showed after the fourth because i remember mine being up there oh did they okay yeah um and 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 but it's 10 they tend to show you know like you like we've talked about on the show before they they like to show dissenting scorecards to make you know the fight scene culture and at one point i think it was in the fourth might have been the third Usman was the live favorite. So and that almost got me thinking. And I don't I've never thought this before and maybe there's nothing to it, but do our scorecards have an effect on the live odds? Um I don't know. I don't know that case. But after like the third like after the third round, like like it to me it was very clearly like a, like even 28-28 after after yeah. the third third round and you kind of felt like felt like that third round when it comes to like the live odds, if, if you feel it's even, you're kind of going where you feel like the momentum's going. And there was a and that was possibility Eastern. at the end, even though the, even though in my opinion, the third round was an Edwards round, Edwards round, you kind of felt at the end, maybe the, maybe the, uh, the, the momentum was maybe going to Usman. Then Edwards came out and had an absolutely just shut down Usman in the fourth, in the fourth round. And it was, yeah, and you know, that's see, what, and I, I think that's the one I need to rewatch because yeah, that's, I mean, that was the most like, uh, when it comes to striking differential, that was the biggest, that was the biggest differential. Did he have a takedown? Uh, Usman had a takedown, but I mean, even even on every single takedown that he got, Edwards was popping right back up. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so, it may have been that I overscored the takedown, yeah. you know, and just wasn't giving him enough credit for the strikes. That, that's Usman. probably what it is. And he I mean, was Us- pressing forward most of the fight yeah, too. Yeah, so yeah, Usman was one for four on take takedowns in the uh, in the uh, fourth four. round. So then I'm also giving him credit probably for the control time when he's going for the takedowns. Yeah, yeah. which 
I shouldn't, but you know, it's just, and he was pressing forward as well, which I mean, again, that's the last criteria, but it's also the most visible sometimes. So if you think that the, that it's even on the feet, which I did, which it wasn't, um, you know, so I, in my mind, the takedown was the difference. So yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I think that's where I was off. And, and I tend to like, I find myself, I tend to score fights different more differently when it's the guy that is with his back to the cage that is the one that's landing more strikes for some reason it's like a blind spot for me so you know if and and bisping was like this i used to always score bisping fights wrong you know i because he was he was that kind of fighter and um and i think leon edwards kind of fought that way here as well except you know again like way more accurate um but it was a it was a great fight um you know and and the better guy won clearly yeah yeah i mean yeah you know just and like i like i brought like i brought up last week when we were pre when we were previewing it and then i brought it up on on observer it's just it's just that you know we we, i talked about like like that usman you know up until he got knocked out he had the aura of invincibility Mm -hmm. surrounding him and now you're having to and now he gets knocked out for the first time in the first time in his you know his career who knows if he's been knocked out in the gym probably you know i feel like everybody has at least once in their in their lifetime but uh but but you're stepping back in immediately against the guy who took that invincibility away from you so there's always a little you know to me usman looked a little more tentative i don't mm-hmm. know you know if it was fear of fear of being knocked out or if maybe the uh, leg was, wasn't 100 percent uh well the leg was fine it was his hand or oh, is it his hand, hand that was broken okay yeah, was broken, i couldn't remember if it was a hand or the, the leg he had the broken broken hand in, in that last fight and he had the surgery surgery so you know who you know but uh but yeah edwards like like he if anybody thought that that yeah he won the title on a fluke like he definitively won the won this fight in my opinion it just it was just it's definitive uh and, yeah uh, and you know doing it in, in his home country home country just made everything more sweet for him and just this is just just an absolutely fantastic showing from edwards yeah no it was uh you know and, and it capped off you know i think would have been a pretty good show um not the kind of atmosphere that you usually see from the london shows um few theories as to why i mean i think some of the fighters weren't probably as well known to a lot of fans and and it wasn't the kind of guy like guys and girls with that kind of like really personality that really kind of gets the crowd going um you know your biggest stars in the show were leon edwards and gunner nelson who you know are you know pretty stoic (laughs) um you know I, I have the bigger theory on on why it wasn't the as, ticket uh, prices. Ticket prices, yeah. You get yeah. you get you get a little bit. You know, you get people. You price some people out who would mm-hmm. go to those fight fight night cards. Fight night cards, and some of those people are the ones that make the rowdiest noise. You know, because well, they probably got more money left to buy booze too. That's <laughs> that's probably why. You, you, <laughs> I mean, it, this this felt more like a uh, a Vegas kind of crowd. Yeah, yeah. You know, Get myself, yeah. you know, the Vegas kind of crowd, you know, you know, not there, not there early, like, uh, yeah, like a lot of London crowds, but, uh, full by the main event and very like loud, but loud, but not just, it wasn't, it wasn't like the soccer style environment no. that no. you would see over in England. England. Not even for the main, which, you know, I mean, it was 
they were loud, and I mean, and they obviously loved the the result. And, yeah, and they were loud for the co-main too, because it was. And I don't fun. think they would have like. I think, like, put it this way: a standard London crowd. If Edwards had gone in there and lost, I mean, they would have been like angry, and they, yeah. you know, and then, and I don't think that would have happened here. I think it would have been, ah, uh, you know, our guy lost. Oh well, yeah, you know, the, better luck uh, next the, time. There would have been some anger, but it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been like the. Like no. the way it would have been in, in front of a fight night crowd. Yeah. 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 So, but, but again, I mean, very successful and, uh, you know, and we'll, we'll get into the gate yeah. and stuff like yeah, we, we I, do later. I, but I heard, a, I, I heard from a few people that were there that I, that I know that, I mean, they, they go to all the London shows, you know, whether even, even this one to ticket price and they said, and I heard from them that like it, it was a different crowd than the fight night, fight night crowds, more of a, more of an upscale. It's kind of like, yeah. It's like going from, from a chili like like uh, I would say like a Texas road like U.S. references yeah like a Texas Roadhouse to to a Capitol Grill kind of environment. Okay, you know one, one's a little bit more loud bar atmosphere, and then the other one's fancy high class kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, I even like I even talked to some people that normally go to the shows and didn't for this one because of the ticket prices. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. yeah. Um, but again, they you can't say they priced them too high because they sold out. <laughs> sold out fifteen minutes. So. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, clearly, uh, you know, they people wanted to see this, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be back uh, probably by the end of the year. And then you know they tend to be going there twice a year, so yeah. I don't see any reason why that'll stop as long as they're selling tickets. Especially when we get into something we talk about later. So okay, good. Um, and then yeah, and then you referenced the co-main. Um, you know, well, and, and well, for, first we need to segue. Oh, oh, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. Our question of the week, and we'll, we're yeah. going to change things up a bit because we usually wait until after the uh, reviews and previews. But we got to do the question of the week right now, and it's who. I like the way you worded this. Who deserves the next title shot at lightweight? Um, I, I mean, Dana says Colby, so I guess that's the answer, right? <laughs> but, but what? what <laughs> okay, like I, 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 anybody who's listening to this who heard me on Wrestling Observer Radio, you know, I, I got to, I, I was proud I, of you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to bury Dana, but, but, but what's the meme that we always that we've always said for years and years and years? What's the most, what's the one of the most famous memes in MMA? Dana says a lot of shit. Well, or, or of, I always, I always use things, but yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Dana says a lot of things. Dana says a lot, and a lot of the things he says, he says a lot of stupid shit. Stupid shit. Well, it's, it's you know, it, it it's true, it's true, and. Uh, the word "deserves" is a is very loose fitting for this. Yeah. Why did? How does Colby Covington deserve deserve it? Does Dana think he deserves it because he was willing to step in as a backup? Then, if that's the case, Sergey Pavlovich should be getting the next title shot at heavyweight instead of Stipe Miocic because he did the same damn thing, right? So, you know, two weeks ago, was you know weighed in as backup, weighed in as backup. But but nobody mentions nobody mentions that. What has you know, and like I said, what has Colby done? He's fought once in a year to uh, against Masvidal, who hasn't won a fight fight since 2019. 2019. Yeah. Yes, it's 2019. 19. Colby Covington in the last four years, in the last four years, he's three and two. Oh and two against Usman. You know, he beat Masvidal. And then his other wins against Woodley, who is who hasn't won a fight in five years and is retired. 
And then he beat Lawler, who's won one fight in six years, and that one win was against Nick Diaz, who hasn't won a fight in 12 years. Like, come, like, come on. Like, he hasn't beaten anybody. And you have – look, Bilal Muhammad deserves the next shot. He, deserve, he deserves it because I, – I got even a better one. What's that? I mean, and the guy that deserves it, I think that it's has no chance of getting it. Shavkat Rachmanov. No, <laughs> uh, Muhammad deserves it more because his t- he's got ten straight unbeaten, ten straight fights unbeaten, all in the yeah. UFC. Except Rock- the one that Rock- he, the one that isn't is a no contest in a fight with, that he was losing badly to Leon Edwards. But it's to Leon Edwards, like yeah. You say everybody says he was losing badly. He lost the first round, and the eye poke came nineteen seconds into the second round. Yeah. But did you think he was going to win? No, no. That first, after that first one, I didn't think. But, but it's. But Rachmanov has five stoppages in five UFC fights, and he's got wins over Jeff Neal, Neil Magny, Alex yeah. Oliveira, Michelle Perseris. Like that's pretty damn impressive. So I mean, yeah. e- either one of those guys yeah. deserves it more than Colby Covington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying Muhammad deserves it for even Gilbert. Even if Gilbert Burns beats uh, Masvidal here in a couple, yeah, couple weeks, he deserves it before Covington does. Yeah, Covington definitely does. before Covington. Uh, definitely not before Muhammad. Okay, and. And despite what people want to believe, because they're—I've been dealing with this on Twitter all day, all day. I don't know if these MMA fans are just stupid, and I think they are just <laughs> stupid, or they're new. But they have this weird thing that they think Dana tells the truth all the time. That everything Dana says is the truth, even there, even though there's that big old—and I shared this photo. Photo. There's that big old photo of every time that Dana said so and so doesn't want to fight, so and so doesn't want to doesn't want to fight. Fight. Dana's not he's a promoter. His job is not to always be truthful with the media and what he says publicly publicly. But but Dana Dana is uh Colby's turned down fights. He turned down Bilal Muhammad for the show for the show. I will I guarantee you that guarantee you that. And the and the person who told me that is the person who would know more than anybody themselves, more than even Dana White. The person who told me the told me this, but you know, for this specific show, maybe he accepted Bilal, Bilal for another show, but for the but they wanted that fight on this show, this show. But anyway, but Dana also he never he's not going to bury a fighter for turning down a fight fight if the if the relationship is good with him. He only buries fighters for turning down fights when he's in a dispute with them. He's got no reason to come out publicly say that Colby Covington turned down his fights. He's not in a dispute with Colby Covington. So why would he do that? Like come on. Like the like, you know, so so obvious I mean Col- Colby's turned down fights and you know and Bilal deserves it. Uh, Colby needs to fight one more time and and we know we know the whole reason why Whole reason why? Because Colby's a bigger name, bigger name than Shakat Rahmanov or Bala Muhammad. He's not that great of a Colby though. Is not that great of a draw. He's he, he's in a weird thing. He's in a weird thing where he's popular, but when it comes to pe- but people don't want to pay to see him fight. That's like he like his his four fights where he's been co-main event or the main event. You can buy in those pay per view buys. It's less than it's less than the last McGregor fight, which yeah. was at one point six million. So I mean, I mean, Colby's fights have done two fifty, three hundred, seven hundred for the second Usman fight because people were actually interested in that. Plus, it was an MSG a stacked MSG card, and the, 
and then uh, Covington, Covington and Masvidal did 300, which which Masvidal's fight before that did 700. So you're talking about a 60% drop right there, right there. I mean, if if Covington was that big of a star, star, you know, Masvidal, that fight wouldn't have been a 70, a 60% drop, drop in, no. but for Masvidal, like come, like you know, no, like he's he's not the, he's not a draw. No, but he's best, but he's, but he's a bigger name than anybody else in that division. That's why he's getting it. It's, yeah. I mean, I mean, and if Connor w- wanted to fight in that division, like, you know, in time to do the next fight, he would be the one that deserves it. And, and like I said, like I said, on observer radio, if Jorge Masvidal comes out and knocks out Gilbert Burns yeah. in the first round, first round, Leon Edwards is going to want that fight. And he's going to be, well, and he's a fight. bigger name than Colby. He's and Masvidal is a bigger name than Colby. And there's yeah. unfinished business between the two. And you put, you put Edward, Edwards and Masvidal in England, and that thing will sell huge, huge oh, yeah. because of that. Because of that. here's another thing about Colby, he doesn't want to fight anywhere except in America. Like, yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody said, well, you know, he, you know, he was going to step in this week, this weekend. Like, like he, he got paid to to be a potential fill in. He knew he wasn't going to end up fighting, fighting, but he he doesn't want to fight anywhere but America. So so it's like you know. Uh, I'm just I'm kind of sick and tired of of the Colby talk. He doesn't deserve well, the next shot. I I uh, I would I uh, listeners I would uh, encourage you to uh, go on to Twitter and uh, hashtag Dana says a lot of things. I thought there'd be more, but it's basically just me and you. And there's there's like five different things where Dana you know is like contradicting himself and um, you know saying out and out lies and stuff. Uh, the Dana says Diaz is massive and 170 pounder. Here's in 2013 where Nate was too small for 170 and should stay at 155. There was uh, something about Amanda Nunez not ever being able to headline, um, you know, and uh, yeah, Khabib fighting and not fighting. Uh, you know, John just, Jones doesn't want to fight Alexander Gustafson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. So. Um, yeah, so I, I would uh, I would encourage you to check that out. And yeah, Dana says a lot of things, and most of the time they're not true. So I shouldn't say most of the time, but a lot of times they're not true. Maybe most of the time, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, and it's also you know what? It's the fight game, and uh, that's the name of our uh, our our network. And more often than not, unless there's like just a guy, you know, like an Islam Makachev that has a winning streak that's so large that you just can't say no. And Bala Muhammad's getting close to that. Um, then you're going to give the fight to the bigger name. I mean, more often than not, because that's just the way business works. Um, you know, and even with Leon Edwards, like if it wasn't for, you know, like circumstances, like he may not even have got, you know, he had the long winning streak. So, you know, that's why he got the fight with Usman. But if they didn't need a, a, a headliner here, you know, like, you know, maybe it would have been a different fight. Like, who knows? But, yeah, so I, I, that was a good question. And, uh, you know, listeners, if you're listening, hit us up. Who do you think deserves deserves the next title shot of welterweight? Is it Gilbert Burns? Is it Shavkat Rachmaninoff? Is it Bilal Muhammad? Is it somebody else? You know, let us know. I saw Jock Della Madalena's got a pretty nice streak going too, but you know, lower level competition. But he's a guy like I, even a year Steven, from now. Even Stephen Thompson has much of an argument as Colby yeah. Covington does. Oh, I mean, if you're if Colby Covington is your bar, yeah, I mean, you could probably come up with ten guys in the division that have as good of a case as him. Um, so back to the card. Um, you referenced that co-main, and you know, going into it, we thought, you know what, like. 
this could be a fight of the year. If it's not fight of the night, you know, we'll be shocked. And it was, I mean, it, it was a pretty damn good fight. It wasn't like to the level of, you know, some of those, you know, those MSG, uh, you know, cards that involve, you know, Geishi, Chandler, Poye, you know, like that every year they book that seemed to be a fight of the year, but it wasn't far down from that. Um, and, and the amazing thing is, I mean, Fiziev, his his speed and his accuracy, like it just looked in the first round, like he was just going to be just going to be able to overpower Covington or to Covington, Geishi. But Geishi's leg kicks and his, I thought his diversity of strikes, you know, that he was just coming from different directions and, you know, like Fiziev wasn't seeing him coming and stuff. And he eventually wore him down. And then in the second and third round, like he, you know, just was able to dominate those two rounds and, and get the win. I mean, it just kind of, as the fight went on, it was just more and more of a Geishi fight. And by the end of the fight, Fiziev, you know, looked like he'd been in a war and Geishi looked like he was getting ready to get in the octagon. Like he hadn't even fought yet, you know, <laughs> which was amazing given how, how hard and fast he was getting hit in the first round, but um, great fight. And uh, Geishi, I mean, he wants another title shot and he's probably like only maybe one or two wins away from getting it. NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, you want to hear something incredible? Okay, sure. So, so we we talked about how how great this fight was. Was I don't think it hit fight of the year level. I still think Makachev and Volkanovski was at that level just above this. But it was still it's still an absolutely incredible fight. We're going to be one of the probably five best fights of the fights of the year. But but listen to this: Gaethje has eleven UFC fights, and that might have been at best his fifth or sixth best fight in the UFC. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it was absolutely incredible. Like, like that's just how ridiculous Justin Gaethje is. Like it's guaranteed entertainment whenever he steps, steps inside the octagon. And this was n- no exception. And Raphael Fiziev loses nothing in this loss. Like he's, he's probably at a higher level now coming out of the, coming out of this. I mean, he's, he is so damn fast on the feet. And, yeah. and it was just those leg kicks that Gaethje started landing in the second round, second round that were doing damage. And you can see Fiziev just constantly switching his stances, moving his right. He, he ended up with like, like 35 or something leg kicks. Uh, I got the stats page right in front of me. Let me look. It, I, I remember at one point it was like 26 and the, and the fight wasn't over yet. Uh, uh, no, nah, his leg kicks weren't that, that much. That really? Much. Okay. Nah. Maybe I'm remembering. Nah, it said only eight. It says only eight here. For Geishi? Yeah. Really? Yep. Wow. 
okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's so, that's surprising. And the other thing is a, a lot of physios was to the body, which yeah, is part so, of why, you know, it wasn't showing Geishi's face. Yeah, physio, 52, 52 strikes to the body. Yeah, yeah. So that, that I knew. I had that right. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, he... But, yeah, 38 to the head, whereas Geishi had 81 to the head, 14 to the body, 8 to the leg. Okay, so yeah, so 103, you know, in a three-round fight is yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, I mean, but we've seen better. Like and like you said, yeah, fifth or sixth best fight, and and it was, you know, I mean, definitely a fight of the night, and you know, it'll be probably top five for fight of the year, maybe yeah. by the end of the year. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and Gaethje, yeah, I mean, you you could definitely hear hear from the sound of his voice and what how he's talking afterwards that like he knows these wars are catching up, catching yeah. up to me catch up to me he doesn't have much time and his goal is to make one more run and be done and uh yeah uh i saw somebody uh, you know it's lightweight's kind of getting weird right now right now because now all of a sudden you have islam wanting to move up to fight edwards like 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 what the hell are we doing here you're doing here here well what I just want to say, Jerry, what the hell is going on with these people? They win a title, they defend it once, and all of a sudden they want to move to a different, different weight yeah. class to try to be, try to become a champ, champ. Like, like every, Stand everybody, your get your shit together. Da- Hunter, Dana, Sean, Mick, tell everybody <laughs> to get their shit together. Stick to your division. If you want to move up, vacate your fucking title. Let's get these people going. Well, and the thing is, it's not like these fights, you know, when we do these unifications, like it has a lot of cachet. Like it's, you know, now it's a big fight because, you know, um, Makachev is moving up to 170. Like nobody even cares. You know, like, you know, we just saw Volkanovsky and, and, um, uh, Makhchev and I don't think most fans, you know, even cared that Volkachev or Volkanovsky was moving up from featherweight. It was, there was there's literally only been one time where people actually cared yeah, about Cormier and Jones about, no, let me finish. Okay, there's sorry. actually been, been only one time where people actually cared about somebody going for a second title and that was Connor. Oh yeah. 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 Connor, yeah, Connor, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah that I mean, was yeah, that was huge. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah, a man, a man to cyborg to to an extent, but I mean that wasn't also the that also wasn't the main event of that show. So, so but yeah. every other time, like 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 Cormier Cormier going for heavyweight, yeah, a little bit of interest, but nobody gave a shit about Cejudo going going for a second title. Nobody gave a crap. No. Adesanya, Adesanya and Blakovich did good, but that was also during pandemic. Where but that was also Adesanya, Adesanya more more so, game. like he was doing those kind of numbers on most of his fights. Yeah, but a lot of people didn't care about Volkanovski going for a second title. Nobody's going to really care about Makachev going for a second title. Nobody would care about Aljamain Sterling going for a second title. Like they want to see people defend the belts they have instead of instead <laughs> of doing this pussyfooting of, I, of win a title and then go for a second one. Like I do think people would be happy if Aljamain moved up, but that's just so that we could see Mirab go for the go for the title. But right, yeah, that, yeah. that's a whole other issue, and, and it's yeah. not going to mean anything for buys. It's just I think yeah. what a lot of fans want to see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great great fight in the in the co-main, and uh, yeah, Fiziev. I mean, he'll he'll bounce right back. They'll pro- you know put him in against another one of those lightweights and. I mean, he's got as good of a chance of beating anybody as as there is. You know, he'll he'll learn from the loss and uh, yeah. you know start checking some of those leg kicks. And... You know what fight I would love to see? Love to see Fiziev against next Oliveira. No, 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 not the one I'm thinking of. Okay, him and Matus Gimro. 
Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see that that could headline a fight night. Yeah. Um I will say that I was like by about the end of the second, beginning of the third, uh, I'm thinking, man, I wish this was five rounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think, it, I think everybody was saying that. Yeah, like and and I mean it's not like they haven't done it before. I mean, it's yeah. rare, but they, they have done co mains yeah. for five rounds. I mean, I guess it's because Justin's not a Diaz, although he might as well be. <laughs> Watching, uh, <laughs> he's, he's watching that, watching that third round though. I think if we went to a fourth and a fifth, he would have finished. I think Gaethje finishes him. Probably, yeah. But at least we would have saw finish then. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. or maybe you know Fiziev comes back. You know, like I uh, remember Gaethje and Chandler. Like Chandler looked like he was going to finish him in the second, and then Gaethje came back and won it in the third. So, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, great, great uh, thing. And then you know, like everything else, I mean, we we can. I think we could do our three stars. I don't know if we need to really talk about anything else, other than the fact I think the other big story on this card. And it wasn't a huge story, but there's a lot of weird scorecards. Yes, <laughs> but a lot of weird scorecards. A lot of the funny thing is a lot of weird scorecards. But I feel like everybody who yes who deserved to win got the win, so it didn't really cost anybody. Uh, the, well, I mean. Other than Roman Delidze, I think probably deserved to win, but that wasn't. I mean, it wasn't bad scorecards. It was just close. That one was a super close one. My dad, yeah. my dad, thought Vittori won that fight. Won that fight, and and one of the people I talked to, James, our, our buddy James, yeah, he thought Vittori won the fight. So, and, and you had Delidze, right? I had Delidze, yeah. yeah, yeah, me but, too. And but round one and three were close. So absolutely, so. yeah, no, but, and but like all those other ones where there were some bad scorecards, like. Like yeah, Omar Morales, it, yeah. Like the Vittori Delice, I didn't find any scorecard. Thirty twenty seven no. might have been might have been bad, but the two twenty nine twenty eights weren't bad. But we're talking about like like you know we'll go into them. But there was a couple of fights where there was two, there was two split decisions, three split decisions, but two of the split decisions featured like really bad scorecards. Yeah, yeah, and uh, actually the. Um... I, I remember when you when uh, when they were reading the scorecards for the Vittori Delidze and and they said like one of the scores was thirty twenty seven but he didn't say who the winner was. Um, I know you and Dave thought okay well that means it must be Delidze. I actually thought the other way around. I thought okay it must be Vittori because I thought Vittori there was one round where I was positive Vittori won. So I'm like, okay, well, as soon as I heard 3027, I know it can't be Dillard's because I know he lost that one round. So, I mean, that's how close it was. I'll so, be honest. I don't know what I said with Dave, but whenever I heard 3027, I was actually thinking it's probably going to Vittori. Okay. Okay. So, and when I said you and Dave, I think it was Dave that said it. I don't and, I, I, I did that. I, I do Wrestling Observer Radio at 2.30, 3 o'clock my yeah, time. Yeah. My time. Sometimes I forget what the hell. Well, is. and you're not going to correct Dave like, anyways because yeah, you're polite yeah. and you're going to let him make his yeah, point. Yeah, and I'm going to let him be like, you know, you know yeah, when they, Dave thinks when they say 30-27, he thought Delizia and I thought Victoria, it's our opinions, you know? Exactly. You yeah, correct yeah. somebody on their opinion. No, their and, opinion and as it turns out, you guys had both had the same opinion. But, yeah. But, but he just... 29-28 Delizia, yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, three stars. Give us your three stars. Uh, first one, I'm going with Gunnar Nelson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, this was just a prototypical Gunnar Nelson performance. Brian Barbarena, give him credit for taking the fight on short notice, but he just... Gunny took him down and like you you can't beat Gunnar Nelson on the ground like it's it, he's a uh, set the record for most submissions 
most submission wins in wel- UFC welterweight history. Yep. And just armbar, first round, just slick movement, and just the vintage Gunnar Nelson performance. Uh, my second star, I'm going to go with Yanal Ashmoos. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a brutal knockout of Sam Patterson. Like they didn't do much, much to start, and then Patterson threw that kick, and Ashmoos, yeah, he missed that right hand, but it was it felt like it felt <laughs> like Patterson was falling down from the wind of the yeah of the right and hand. Then the, the, the and counter then the counter just but the counter left hand put him out. Yeah, and then like there were so many punches on the ground that were unne- unneeded, and then. It was just, I mean, Sam Patterson was so out of it that he was trying to trying to fight everybody who was helping him to his feet because he had no idea what was going on. He, even he was trying to even fight his head coach, and his head coach was like, stop, 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 stop. But that's how you know you've been sent to the shadow realm right there. Yeah. So, so, yeah, just absolutely brutal finish. And I don't, you know, I hope he got bonused. Because, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he, he kind of looked like Sammy Zane's brother. <laughs> yeah, I saw people posting that picture on the. Yeah. On I don't, yeah. I, you know, I don't necessarily pay attention to. I'm doing. Dude, I do so many things during. during yeah, fights, yeah, I know. During fights, doing live, doing live coverage, running two Twitter accounts, trying to respond. Yeah. To as many when you when you have time, go watch fights. the interview and yeah, tell me it doesn't look like yeah, Sammy. I'll, I'll look back. I'll look back at him. But then, yeah. But then, uh, third star, I'm going Jake Hadley. I've been. High oh yeah. On Jay, I've been high on Jake Hadley, and. Those two liver punches that put Malcolm Gordon down, absolutely brutal and just just a great showing from Hadley. Minute, minute, knockout in a minute. Like that's just you gotta put you gotta get a guy a star. Okay, so you took the best ones, but but there were some other good ones I can I can go with. So um I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go off the radar here, and I'm gonna give a star to a guy that lost a fight. And I'm gonna give it to Jafel Filo, who was a massive underdog against Mohamed Makayev. And he, you know, the first round, he kind of, you know, he lost the round, and but he, he hung in there. The second round, Filo got this um, knee bar that looked like it was going to rip, like, Mohamed Makayev's kneecap right off. Or was it in the third? It was in the third. It was in the third, yeah. I mean, and and he was not going to let up. And I don't know how Makayev didn't tap. I don't. I don't even know how he got out of it. But he ended up getting out of it, and then he ended up, you know, getting uh, uh, Filo in a position for a rear naked choke, and Filo tapped like right away. But I just thought that was super impressive that a guy that was that big of an underdog in his first UFC fight, you know, almost takes down a a guy who's got so much hype. And uh, I just wanted to give some some love to that dude because, yeah, yeah um, I, I just I was really into that i'm also going to go with a guy who he finished the fight early but it wasn't like kind of how you wanted to finish it christian leroy duncan over dusko todorovich but the first minute and 52 seconds before that happened like this guy is good and i mean he just he looks good and he's got great form and his striking is precise and i just i really can't wait to see more from this guy and uh, I just thought he had a, had a great performance, and I think he's a future star. Yep. Um, yeah. And then third star, um, I'm going to go with the opener, um, Veronica Hardy, coming in after almost three years off, or maybe it was more than three years. It was three. And, she she fought on that uh, that Brazil card that had the right before the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. 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 So basically, exactly three years, and she was an underdog against Juliana Miller. Maybe she shouldn't have been, you know, given how we saw it happen. Juliana Miller was, I think, her second UFC fight, or maybe her first. Second. Second. Yeah. 
um but and yeah like, oh yeah because i guess technically the the contender series finale first, was first, first off first post yeah. yeah yeah okay first post tough there you go so and veronica hardy came in and she dominated her um and to the point where juliana miller i mean she had a lot of hype and you know featherweight flyweight's not a big division for the ufc women and you kind of almost think like oh man if she picks up like two or three wins she could be in a title shot and she made her look like she didn't even belong in the ufc like that's how good veronica hardy was so uh you know good for her um that uh, you know that she did that and uh, yeah so i mean there were some other good performances on here but you know just little things that i didn't you know i i mean jack shore got a finish but i you know i i didn't think he looked all that great in the first round so i didn't really want to give him anything and yeah, yeah everything else was a decision so um all right uh ryan uh take us through the rest of this card yeah it started off with the fight you just talked about veronica hardy unanimous decision uh 30 27 across the board over juliana miller hardy looked excuse me looked great after that layoff of miller yeah juliana miller she's what i saw what i saw from her in this fight she's still very green she's she's got Lots of potential, but she did win a very weak, tough season, and very probably uh, you could probably say with ease that she's in the UFC a little early. She needs some more work. Needs some more work, but I think she's going to get there. She's going to get there, but Hardy just was too much for too much for her. And I hope Miller just I hope she doesn't get down on this win and just just she's got what five this was her fifth her fight fifth fight yeah they they had her at four and one but they always they always count the semifinals on tough as as in their records so i don't know yeah it's never made sense to me but anyway yeah but good showing for hardy uh then we had a lightweight fight that went to the majority draw jai herbert ludovic klein 129 27 scorecard for herbert and then 228 28 scorecards herbert won this fight he definitely won two rounds make a case he won three rounds but he had a point deduction in the third round due to two groin strikes in less than a minute apart which made the difference in the in the draw but but herbert actually looked good in this fight and just kind of kind of a shame those leg kicks that he landed landed and even edwards like edwards like they were fighting out of southpaw against an orthodox that's sometimes trying to land those body kicks that from those positions are a little bit well they're definitely tougher than trying to do it South Paul, South, South Paul and South Paul and then Orthodox and Orthodox. But yeah, Herbert looked all right. And uh, then we had women's flyweight fight. Joanne Wood split decision over Luana Carolina, uh, 30-27, 29-28, and then a 29-28 scorecard for Carolina. I don't know how you could give two rounds to Carolina. You give her one. I don't see how you give her two. Uh, Wood outstruck her. And uh, a lot, what Carolina was doing good was landing knees in the clinch. But anytime they were at a distance, Carolina just had some of the most sloppy looking punches thrown. <laughs> that it was just it would look to me, it looked like that drunk guy that's just throwing fists and hoping he hits he hits somebody. It's just it was very she's very sloppy on the feet feet. And Wood is always just pinpoint with her striking. And that was a bit that was the big difference in the fight. And then we had Jake Hadley finishing Malcolm Gordon uh, in the minute that I talked about. Malcolm Gordon did miss weight. Uh, yeah, and uh, I don't know that his UFC future is very bright that no. any longer. Then we had Christian Leroy Duncan uh, finish. Uh, he got the first round. He got first round TKO. Jessica Todorovich blew out his knee. But Duncan, this guy, like you said, I fully agree with you. Got to keep your eye on. Potentially be a star. 
and uh, potential to be a big. T- He's one of these guys from England who the England English people are going to get behind very quickly. And then uh, closing out the early prelims, Lerone Murphy split decision over Gabriel Santos, 29-28, 29-28, and then 29-28 for Santos. I thought this was a very close, very even fight. Santos looked good. Could have gone either way. Not not going to complain about the decision. I had it for Santos, but it was close. So, yeah. Well, uh, Every close well, fight on this card went the way that I didn't bet. I was not, it was not a good night for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then on the uh, feature prelims, uh, we started with Mohammed Mokayev, uh, third round submission, neck crank over Jafel Filo. I have to say this much about Mokayev. Uh, yeah, he, he's got the heart of a warrior, not wanting to tap. Uh, his knee is fucked up badly. Mm-hmm. He showed they showed pictures pictures of it. He couldn't stand after the fight fight, and it looks like it it looks like it needs surgery. He needs shoulder surgery. He needed shoulder surgery before this fight, but he wanted to take this fight. And I talked about an observer radio observer radio. Me and Dave got into this discussion. Yeah, Mokayev is putting off surgeries because he has that goal of wanting to beat John Jones's record as the youngest UFC champion, and he and uh, he turns twenty three in four months. John Jones was twenty was a uh, it was uh, eight months. It was 23 years, eight months when he won the title. That means Mokayev has a year. He's got until March of 2024 to become champion. But he's putting off surgeries he needs. He, he's putting off shoulder surgery. Probably needs knee surgery that he's going to put off. Put off. It's going to catch up to him. And you want to know something else that's amazing? The guy's that? been fighting for just over seven years if you yeah. count his amateur career yeah. he's fought 33 times yep he's, he's got a lot of he's <laughs> got a lot of work yeah he's he's a, he's great he's great he's a great prospect he's gonna he might end up being the best flyweight ever ever or or he and might flame out or he might flame out and if he doesn't get, get his injuries taken care of like he'll flame yeah. out especially especially with this strong suit being wrestling you can't not be a wrestler and have shoulder problems and definitely yeah. any you can't now have knee pro, knee problems like i get you you have a goal and you're determined to get it but there comes a price price that that comes with it and if you're going to put off stuff stuff that's going to end up hurting you like He's not going to get that goal if he puts out these surgery surgeries, and it's going to cost him. So, I hope I really hope he just him and whoever his management team is just steps back and says, "Look, is this worth your long term future?" Trying to get this. If he struggled this bad against Jafel Filo, he's not going to be you know against Brandon Moreno, Alexander. P- Pantoja or any of these other, you know, top flyweights, flyweights. He's not going to be able to fight on one arm and one leg. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like, know that he struggled all that much, but he, because I, I thought he, he very clearly won the first two rounds. He, yeah. But I mean, he got in that position where he really yeah. should have tapped. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, so to get yourself in that position against a guy that far down the rankings, like, like yeah, somebody was, else is good at finishing. It's Fila's first UFC fight because everybody turned down Makayev. Makayev yeah. was being, being ducked by everybody. Everybody, so, so yeah, but I mean, like, uh, but my point still stands. Like, he, he, if you're hurt that badly to where you're having to take a cortisone shot, uh, every few days to make it through training yeah, camp and make it to the fight, fight, you, you got to get this taken care of. Forget, forget trying to set the record, record. Yeah. It's, it, it's gonna, it, that's that record's gonna be very hard to break. And there's, 
as great as Muhammad Mokhaev is, is he's a really good fighter. I don't think there's anybody that's ever been as talented as John Jones. And John Jones, when he did that, it was a special run. And and it's just it was also twelve years ago when yeah. MMA was not. I mean, it was still it's kind of in that intermediate stage between you know like the primitive years and what it is now. Like it was a lot easier to get to a title shot yeah. in 2010, 2011 than it is now. Yes, yes, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, now you have more shows, which have more fighters and and less less you know less room on the card and now you're in a position where these days more fighters are turning down fights than ever before yeah i think jones was main eventing in like his third ufc fight and he was fighting for a title in his fifth so uh, it was more respect. it was more than that i think it was like his eighth fight was it okay I, yeah. it seemed like but it was quick it was, quick. It was yeah it was quick because he was very active he was also very yeah. active that's very true. active but yeah. he also didn't have you know injuries like makayev has correct so, yeah so. absolutely all right, but back right. on the card, back to the yep. card. Uh, then we had, you know, Ashmu's uh, first round knockout over Sam Patterson I talked about. Then we had a lightweight fight with weird scorecards. Chris Duncan split decision over Omar Morales, 29-28, 29-28. And then there was a 30-27 scorecard for Morales, which is one of the worst scorecards in recent memory. I could see giving him the first and second. There is no way in hell – Omar Morales, you could give him the third round. No way in hell at all. Like, that was just a horrible scorecard. And even even so, I don't think he won the second round. You can give him the first round. The first round, he outstruck Duncan. But the second and third, third, like, it was Duncan, just constant takedowns and control, and especially in the third. But luckily, Duncan, the right, right man, ended up winning in that one. And then uh, closing out the prelims, we had Jack Shore, Second round submission over Maquan and Mirkani. Mirkani kind of did what he did, does. Does he looks good in the first round? But if he can't get that finish in the first round, fades pretty quickly. And Jack Shore, uh, you know, he 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 looked like he needs another fight to get comfortable at 145. But uh, it was a you know he took some time to figure out in the first, but that second round just took him down and stopped me on the ground for the rear, rear naked choke. So. That was prelims. On to the main card, Marvin Vittori, unanimous decision over Roma Delice, 29-28, 29-28, 30-27. Good fight. Uh, back and forth. Could have gone either way. All on the feet. All action. They're hitting the crap out of each other. Delice really beat up Vittori in the first, badly, in my opinion. But uh, Vittori, had, Vittori looked good. Delice looked good. You know, I thought Delice won, but, but it could have gone either way. But good fight. And then we had uh, Jennifer Maya unanimous decision over Casey O'Neill, thirty twenty seven and two twenty nine twenty eight. Maya just she just came out and just decided she wanted to be a volume striker and just never let up on the feet on O'Neill. And that was the that was the difference. O'Neill, she was coming back. I think it was eight months after a torn ACL, maybe a little bit too quick. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? It it looked like it took her to the third round to get herself comfortable in there. She won the third round in my. You know, even though one one card had it had the third for Maya, I think everybody most people thought O'Neill won won the third, but Maya definitely won the first first two, and good fight, good showing for Maya and uh, O'Neill. Um, yeah, it's her first loss. It it kind of derails that, but shows her what she needs to work on. And then uh, then we had Gunnar Nelson first round submission armbar over Brian Barberina, then Gaethje over Fiziev and Edwards over Eastman. 
Yeah, and uh, and that was uh, UFC 286 from London. Uh, the performance bonuses, uh, obviously, Gaethje and uh, Fiziev got the fight of the night, and Gunnar Nelson and Jake Hadley got the performance bonuses, so uh, two of your three stars. Um, and uh, did a eight, 8.5, almost $8.6 million gate with uh, 17,588 fans at the O2 Arena. And as you said, sold out in 15 minutes, which is uh, – Pretty, pretty good, uh, as uh, Larry David would put it. Um, all right, so that was UFC 286, and average what? ticket, average ticket price of like 500 bucks, 488 dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So what? That's like about 400 pounds, maybe 420, something yeah, like that. I, yeah, I don't, it's, have, it's, I don't have a conversion. It's pretty close to even right now. Like yeah. I think, I think it's maybe like a dollar ten uh, for a pound. Um, but we got coming up, uh, we are out of the apex, uh, for a little while, um, at least one week, um, the, uh, UFC fight night from, uh, San Diego, no, San Diego, San Antonio, Antonio, uh, the AT&T center. Um, and it's, uh, uh, Cheeto Vera and Corey Sanhagen. And I think this, wasn't this fight, it was originally scheduled for the apex and they moved it here, right? Yeah. They needed a main event for San Antonio and everybody, ourselves included, we're like Marlon Vera and Corey Sanhagen need to be fighting in front of fans. Yeah. Putting that fight in the, that fight in the apex is a disservice yeah. to those two guys. So. And really, I mean, when you look at the rest of this card, um, really needed this fight. I mean, the it's only card, but, but yeah, they needed a main event. I I wouldn't quite say solid, but solid. main card's pretty good. Main card's pretty good. Um, the um, main card's really good, actually. It's it's the prelims that are a little weak, in my opinion. Um, but the uh, I mean, Holly Holm is is on the card, and she's you know the biggest star on the show. I think you know certainly the casual fans. Um, you know, Marlon Vera is getting up there, honestly, with fight fans. Um, you know, he's I mean, if he gets really, I mean. It, I, I like the way I think it was Cormier put it on the broadcast this week. He said uh, it's, you know, basically a title eliminator, especially if Vera wins, <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, because, uh, you know, I think we've seen Sanhagen already, you know, and, you know, kind of have those big fights and not win, you know, against Peter Yan and Dillashaw and Sterling. But uh, Cheeto Vera seems like he's been on that track, you know, ever since he lost to Jose Aldo, he's just been mowing people down. And uh, this is, this is a big showcase and surprisingly Sanhagen is a favorite, um, which uh, I, I, you know, I heard, I think I saw it on Twitter and I was, I was surprised I had to check and yeah, sure enough. So I I almost wonder if that's not going to change by the time we get to the fight, but um, yeah. uh, What what do you, how does this uh, fight look to you, man? It's very tough for me. I'm uh, uh, both these guys are incredible incredible on the feet yeah. i think sanhagen if i think if it goes to the ground sanhagen has a big advantage on the ground he's just so crafty on the ground uh vera i think hits harder and uh but sanhagen is is just very lanky and very very good on the feet i this to me fight of the year potential yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. We, we we throw that we, we'll throw that phase out phrase out often when matchups couple times but, a month yeah but this this is as good as you get matchmaking wise a bantamweight like just an incredible matchup i think san higgins gonna win but i'm not confident in saying that uh vera just has looked great looked great recently san Hagen, uh just 
you know, he, he's lost to Sterling, lost to Jan, but just in there and going to give you a dogfight. Fair's going to give you a dogfight. I just, I'm glad this is in front of fans because it deserves to be. I, I, I think the fact that it's in front of fans favors Vera, yeah. um, especially where it is, um, because I feel like he's going to feed off the fans in San Antonio. And But I also think Sanhagen is motivated um, because I, I think back, my, my everlasting visual of Sanhagen is that fight with TJ Dillashaw where he was convinced he won and I mean, I think if you asked him, he thinks he won all five rounds and there's people that, you know, were watching that thought he won. And when that scorecard was red, like he was pissed and then he goes out the next fight and he loses to Peter Yan. I think it was another close fight, but, but, you know, in that one, like he, he definitely was a little more deliberate, I thought. And, and then he finishes Song Yadong and I think he's going to want to finish Cheeto Vera um and but vera like i think the longer this fight goes the more it actually favors vera um i think sandigan's best shot is to finish it early um yeah because i think vera is not you know he's not going to tire and i don't think sandigan is going to tire either but i think vera actually might even get stronger as the fight goes on and um you know and, and could even get a late finish if um you know again if he gets on that kind of roll and the fans are behind him and he's feeding off that energy and i'm just like uh and i also feel like it's gonna be one of those fights where you know like you're scoring and and i feel like how do i score this you know yeah, like exactly. you know, two guys get knocked down or something and yeah so i'm super looking forward to this one um it's gonna be on espn so hopefully a lot of people are gonna watch it um and it's uh it's a was in a little bit of an earlier show right um so you know like it's going to be you know main events probably going to be getting in there about uh 9 30 um eastern 8 30 our time so that's a really good time for uh, a main event although it will be going against the uh sweet the elite eight right yeah um so yeah, yeah. so the uh yeah but uh you know and then uh, like you said there's there's um uh, you know, a bunch of other, you know, decent names, especially on the main card. Um, really, every main card fight is is interesting. Um, so I, I think I was really unfair, actually, earlier saying it wasn't a good card because, um, you know, I was kind of looking, I was focusing more on the prelims where there's a lot of fighters I'm not terribly familiar with. Mm. But the uh, the main card is is all, like, important fights, really. Yeah. Um, so uh, anything else you want to say about the uh, the main before you, you get into your three fights to watch? I'll just get in my three fights to watch. Okay. So uh, first one, uh, to me, uh, main I know what card. you're going to yeah, main card fight, flyweight fight. Alex against Manel Cop. I'm very big on Manel Cop. Uh, I think he has the potential, potential to be flyweight champion. I've said it before on this. And uh, Alex Perez, good test, good test for him. Perez is, uh, you know, he's fought for the title once before, lost to Davison Figueredo. He's lost two straight fights. Has been, you know, has only fought once since 2020, since November 2020. Uh, a lot of the weight issues. Cop has had weight issues too, to, but uh, but uh, yeah, that's a that's a fun fight. I kind of wish my second fight to watch would have stayed on. It would have been great if Sean Brady and Michelle Pohera were still uh, was still on this card. But uh, my second fight to watch, I'm gonna go women's flyweight fight. Andrea Lee against Macy Barber. Barber is a new contract, so 
She's uh she wants to make that run at flyweight. Andrea Lee, as long as Tony Kelly's not in her corner, I think she'll be okay. <laughs> and uh so yeah, I just wanted to make that third fight to watch. It's another main card card fight, but it's got one of the more exciting fighters on the UFC roster. It's a featherweight oh, fight. I'm shocked. Nate Landwehr against Austin Lingo. Disappointed that it's not Nate Landwehr against Alex Caceres, like originally supposed to be. But Lingo is going to come in, and he's going to he's going to want to stand and trade with Landwehr, and Landwehr is going to give you an entertaining fight. So yeah, the, those are all main card fights, but all really fun main card fights. I have a really hard time disagreeing with any of those picks. Um, for and and the funny thing is, is I I came up with a I, I, for my betting thing this week. Um, I didn't I didn't do the ROI, but I had a three fight parlay. And I got those three fights on my parlay. Manel Cop, Nate Landwehr, and Macy Barber. I mean, they're all kind of like moderate favorites, but if you take all three of those in a parlay, you're going to probably get about, uh, I think, three to one on your money. Yeah. So um, I, I like that one. And uh, I also, uh, I kind of like... Um, I kind of like Corey Sandhagen as an underdog, but um, I mean, and you you're going the other way, so so who knows? Yeah. But uh, it's I mean, you know, there you'll go through the, through the card in in a minute, but I mean, there's you know the main card, you know, there's the other two fights that we haven't talked about are also you know fights that you know most fans probably don't want to miss either, but yeah. I, I agree. How f- are we gonna are we getting close? Do you think down the road to uh, Manel Cop uh, Muhammad Makaya fight? as one of those guys is trying to get to a title shot? I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to see what cop looks like in this. Okay. In this before I, in this fight before, before I figure out, uh, because right now, if you're asking me, I don't know that Makayev is ready for cop. Right. And see, and the funny thing is, is you'd almost think it's the other way, but um, especially after last week. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, after, yeah, after this past Saturday, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, t- it takes through the rest of this card. Okay, so we have seven fights on the prelims, six fights on the main card. You were talking about the prelims, and I'll give you the interesting stat on the prelims. Outside of the first fight, the other six prelims, they either feature, and in some case, some case the fight features both, but they either feature a fighter from Texas or a Hispanic fighter. So, Shocking. So I mean, <laughs> we're, we're in a heavily Hispanic market there in San Antonio. So, so when you say the prelims, these prelims are definitely – targeted for the local for the san antonio and the texas market anyway kicks off as they should as they should yeah and and that's what and that's why i'm not as down on the prelims as other people are because this is gonna this is gonna be like when you literally have every every when you literally have whoever it is buffer joe martinez literally saying fighting out of someone's blank and blank texas you know you're gonna you're gonna have the crowd be loud for those guys those guys because trust me trust me i live in texas if there's anything People in Texas like cheering. It's people from Texas and teams from Texas. Get ready for <laughs> Trevin Giles, everybody. So uh, <laughs> that's going to be a massive he, pop. He's a police officer. Show some respect. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I'm I'm serious. Like the people are going to go nuts for him. Back to blue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm playing around. But uh, okay. Anyway, uh, kicks off with the women's bantamweight fight. Haley Cowan against Tamira's Vidal. Uh, Cowan was supposed to fight a couple of weeks ago, but she had to. Uh, she pulled out. Or got pulled from the fight during weigh-ins because she, uh, she they discovered an ovarian cyst while she was trying to cut weight, so, so which is not good. But uh, she's a uh, they rebooked her here against a new opponent, so uh, making her debut. Then we have a flyweight fight: Victor Altamirano against Venetia Salvador. 
then we have a lightweight fight, Manuel Torres, who uh, had a very impressive uh, debut. Uh, he's fighting Trey Ogden. Then we have another flyweight fight, CJ Vergara against Daniel Da Silva. Welterweight fight, Trevin Giles against Preston Parsons. Then a pair of featherweight fights to close out the prelims. You got Steven Peterson against Lucas Alexander and Daniel Pineda against Tucker Lutz. And then main card kicks off middleweight fight, Chidi Njokuwani against Albert Duraev. Then we have the flyweight fight, Alex Perez against Penel Comp. And we have women's flyweight fight, Andrea Lee against Pacey Barber. Featherweight fight, Nate Landwehr against Austin Lingo. The co-main event, the fight we didn't even discuss because no. I, but uh, it's a big one for both of them. Uh, women's bantamweight fight, Holly Holm against uh, Yana Santos, as she's going by now, the former Yana Kuniskaya. Kuniskaya. Oh, okay. I was yeah. I was wondering who the hell is Yana Santos. Yeah. She, okay. He's married to Tiago Santos. And, gotcha. Okay. And this is her comeback fight, I believe. Okay. From from uh, they they had a kid, and this is okay. her first fight since their first fight since they had their their child. So yeah, she's a uh, back against home, and then main event Marlon Vera against Corey Sanhagen. All right, and uh, yeah, the uh, fight gets uh, show, show gets underway at uh, four o'clock Eastern on ESPN. Yeah. Uh, are the prelims on ESPN as well? Do you know or uh, everything's on ESPN? Okay, yeah, so all right, and, and of uh, course ESPN Plus. So yeah, and then in Canada it'll be everywhere. Um, so yeah, you can you can check that out and check out Ryan's coverage on WrestlingObserver.com, and you can follow both of us on Twitter. I've been uh, a little bit better lately about watching most of these shows live. Like I, I usually start late and then catch up and then just stick with the show. Whereas I used to when I caught up, I would just shut it off and go do something else for a while and then come back. But I've been sticking around and interacting with people, and it's it's a lot. It makes the fights a lot more fun. I'll be honest. So yeah. I enjoy doing it. Um, all right, and uh, we have to talk about, and this was an announcement that was made during the card, um, and uh, it's that UFC is inducting Anderson Silva to the uh, Hall of Fame. And, uh, man, we did that uh, show at the beginning of the year where we said, oh, who should be in the Hall of Fame? And I feel like everybody that's been inducted is people we mentioned. Um, I, I, I might be wrong. I mean, there's a few that we mentioned that weren't inducted, but um, I, I think I might have brought up Anderson Silva. I, I'm not positive. I know the first one you brought up, which was um, – uh, what's his name? The yeah, little dude. Older. Yes, yes, James Palmer. Um, and Jose Aldo, I think we talked about in Anderson Silva. And then I think the other one was Frank Shamrock. So I don't think he's going in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Anderson Silva, I mean, it's a no-brainer. It was just going to be a matter of when. Um, I don't think anybody's arguing that. Him and Sil- him and Aldo both, you know, are uh, – it's kind of amazing that they're both going in the same week uh, or the same, same year. The same year, same week. Yeah, same show, you know. Um, but uh, But also kind of awesome. You know, um, because really like these two were the greatest of all time at the same time (laughs) for the most part, you know, for, you know, at least probably a four or five year span there where where the two of them were, you know, ruling their respective divisions. And uh, yeah, uh, pretty cool. And I imagine we'll get a lot of Brazilian fans coming in for International Fight Week uh, as a result, because they're going to want to see this. And uh, yeah, uh, what what are your thoughts? One of my thoughts, it's it's plain and simple, the most obvious ufc hall of famer pretty much ever like yeah i mean like 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 if like if you're to name five obvious hall of famers i would say say gsp jones aldo silva chuck yeah chuck i mean you know i'm like who who are you gonna go to shamrock you know um gracie but but yeah i mean yeah like, like just just no brainer, absolutely no brainer. I'm glad 
that they worked out the issues between yeah. that whatever issues Anderson had with, you know, whether it be Dana or other people, because it should have happened like like he, he retired in twenty twenty. It should have happened like the very next year. Very next year. And the fact that it should happen in twenty twenty one. In fact it took a couple of years. I'm glad that that all worked out. And I know they tried to get Anderson at the show on, on Saturday, but logistically it just didn't work out work out because they wanted to net they wanted to surprise him of course but uh but yeah like i said i mean if anderson silva silva isn't going to be in the hall of fame ufc hall of fame it might as well not exist like yeah it's just he's a legend and inspiration to so many and one of the most exciting fighters of all time i was so glad that i got to see him fight as many times as i did in person even even in even during some bad moments for him I think I only got to see him once, but um, I mean, no, no, twice, uh, no, definitely you, you twice, definitely twice. Yeah, definitely twice. Because I know, yeah. I know, we were at two of those. those yeah, Sun In and Wide together. Uh, yeah, three Sun times. Cormier. Well, the Cormier. Oh, two hundred. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Even, you know, it's funny. I don't even think of that because he he fought light heavyweight. He fought uh, a light yeah. heavyweight. He fought on two days' notice. Yeah, yeah, right. So, God, that was incredible. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the UFC press release, and you know they mentioned uh, victories over you know Hall of Hall of Famers, Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner, Dan Henderson, Rich Franklin, also Vitor Belfort, Carlos Newton, Nate Marquardt. Vitor is another name they probably put in the Hall of Fame at some point. Um, Chris Lieben, James Irvin, um, you know, just incredible. Um, I remember when he came in. Um, it was right around the time I started kind of paying attention to UFC, and uh, you know he was in his in the main event in his UFC debut and fighting for the title in his next fight. Now, obviously he'd been, you know, he was a veteran by that point. And, yeah. But yeah, I was at, I was at his UFC debut and at the yeah. first title fight, title fight. And just, I just remember being there and just, just when you saw him, like, like I, you know, still at the time I watched pride, but I wasn't super familiar with Anderson Silva because more, most of his success, you know, pre UFC came in England. So, right. You know, yeah. So like, you know, like I watched the big, so I watched the UFC since 2000, 2001 and 2001, but it kind of became as I got a little bit older where I kind of gravitate a little bit more towards stuff, towards stuff. But, uh, I mean, I, I knew Anderson Silva, Silva, but, and I knew he was great. He was good. But when you just saw him against Lieben, it was just like, Holy fucking shit. This guy is incredible. Well, I think people and, knew he was good, but they had no idea he was that good. Yeah. You know, like, just, I mean, nothing in pride led you to believe that this was like the greatest fighter of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he just exploded on the scene in the UFC and just, just so many outstanding performances and so many outstanding moments. And like I said, the most no brainer. Yeah. UFC Hall of Famer there is. I think um, I think part of the issue in Pride was he was giving up a lot of size in yes. a lot of those fights. So, um, some uh, but before we we move on to the next topic, just some of the accomplishments that they've listed here: longest winning streak in UFC history, sixteen; longest title reign, two thousand four hundred fifty-seven days. That's like what eight years almost. Um, most wins in UFC middleweight history, eleven; most knockdowns in UFC middleweight history, thirteen; tied for most knockouts in UFC middleweight history; tied for second most wins in UFC middleweight history. Second most consecutive title defenses, second most knockdowns, fourth most title fight wins, tied for fourth most knockouts in UFC history, and tied for fourth most finishes in UFC history. 
um, and he was the fighter of the year in 2008 uh, for Sports Illustrated and World MMA Awards, knockout of the year in 2011, and Wrestling Observer, most outstanding fighter and most valuable fighter in 2012. Um, kind of surprised they included Wrestling Observer on their uh, press release, to be honest. Um, but yeah, really cool. We're, um, we're, a big, we're a big deal over there. They, yeah, yeah, that's why we get credentials. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I have a feeling so, Dana, Dana, Dana read something this week that I said. Based on our really? reaction, we'll, okay. we'll talk well, about it in a moment. Hopefully, you didn't listen to Wrestling Observer Radio. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, 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 mean, he, I don't care if he did. Like, I know I, you I, don't. I, I love Dana. I, I love Dana. I, love I know. Dana. I was. I. 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 I'm still kicking myself for not asking him a question at the press conference. And it wasn't that I was starstruck or anything. It was just that I just didn't want it to go on any longer than it already was. I so. love Dana, and I would have loved to have been there to kind of challenge him on the deserve thing. Yeah, exactly. I go, I come go, on, Dana. Like, like that, <laughs> like that's the wrong, wrong word. Like, if you want to say we're going to give Colby the next title shot, like I said, that's fine. You know who would have challenged word, him on that? The word deserves. That struck me. That was the wrong word to use. You know, you know who would have who would have challenged him on that? Kevin Ioli, but he wasn't in England. So, yeah. um, all right. Uh, want to go into the news? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. To- so, uh, Connor. Yeah. Uh, okay. So he did an interview with Ariel, Ariel, and one of the big uh, one of the big key things he said was his USADA status, which uh, <laughs> which uh, he said he's just going to take his two tests and be good. USADA said it's a little bit more complicated than that. We don't know what the deal is. Let's just say that everything I have said on this podcast and probably in other places. And maybe even on Twitter has come out to be through about his status with USADA. USADA basically USADA confirmed this week that he gave them a retirement notice. And I've been saying that for months on this on his show. And nobody wanted to believe me and be like, proof, proof, proof. Not like, just oh. on this show, like, like everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's like, what's your proof? What's your proof? What's your proof? I was like, I can't I can't tell you my proof because I don't you know what's 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 one of the biggest rules of journalism? Don't burn a source. Exactly. I'm not going to burn any sources. I just feel like some people's like, I know this. I've been told this on con- with on confidence, and that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Like like I would not. You know, I would not say that. But I also couldn't write a story about it because you know while while the person who told me is a tremendous source, we'll put it that way. You saw the fact that you saw it would not go on record. Could not go with it. Could not no, because it. So I mean, it's you saw it was denying, denying, denying. You can't, you can't go with it. With you saw it was denying, but all of a sudden now they're confirming. So yeah, so, but yeah, but uh, but uh, and Dana was asked about it, and Dana said, "I don't, I don't deal with drug testing anymore." That's Jeff Davitsky. Dana just basically said he doesn't care. But uh, that's going to be an interesting situation to monitor. I mean, whether he needs six months or the two tests. I don't know if there's miscommunication or if it's just Connor thinking he can do whatever he wants because he's Connor McGregor. Well, and but, and there is a provision to to uh, allow for exceptions, and yeah. if they were going to do it, they would do it for him. Yeah, yeah, I think they would do it for a lot of people. Right, but uh, but he's on the top of the list of people yeah. to do it for. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Um, all right. Uh, some other, but some other stuff he said. He wants yeah. that third Nate, Nate Diaz fight. He says that has to happen before before everything is said and done. 
he talked about fighting twice this year, which I don't know that makes any sense because the clock uh, is ticking. It's yeah, I mean, he'd, he'd have to fight in he'd, July he'd and December, fight. right? I mean, he could fight in September and December. I mean, okay. You know, to, to, but he definitely sounds like – now saying things and actually doing it are two different things, but he sounds like somebody who is ready to fight. I think he knows that if he's got fighting to focus on that he can – use that as a distraction to out to all the other distractions. So yeah, I think, you know, I think he knows that he's 34 and uh, he's still going to make a ton of money fighting and he might as well cash out on it and then move on to what's next here. And with it, what, whether it be two years, four years or eight years from now. So who knows? Yeah. So, um all right uh the so next up uh UFC April 29th UFC rumored main event this yeah. one shocks me uh we got it's coming up close i mean we got yeah. about a month month away and there's no uh there's no official main event but i have heard i have heard uh rumored it's been rumored and i have heard that's going to be a lightweight fight between Armin Sarukian and Nato Moicano oh okay so, so okay so that's not what i'd heard well, um, what, what did you hear Cal Baralo and Mikhail Olashevik, which no, I thought was, made no sense. No, that's that's just a that's just the fight a fight that's been announced for that card. That's not okay. Event. Good because that to me is like no way is that. If a main somebody event. told you that was the main event, I'd like to I'd like to uh, find that person and hit him. Well, SureDog.com has it listed as the main event of that card. Yeah, yeah, because we know that's not that's not the main event. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you that's where I that's where I saw it. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's not it's not somebody. It's it's a website that you know. It's a website because that's the biggest fight announced. So. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, I mean that one makes a lot more sense. Um, you know, I, certainly, uh, I'm sure Bravo and Olashevik will be a good yeah, fight, nice. but. I mean, it's not a, it hasn't been officially announced, but it all signs pointed to that. And that's a great lightweight fight right there. Yeah, there's a lot of good fights on that card, actually. But yeah. not nothing that screams main event. Yeah. Um all right. Uh and then so I assume this is what you were talking about where you thought Dana might have read something you wrote yeah. uh or heard something you said. Dana talking about the Apex, which well, I mean, thank a, God for this. A lot of people say it. Ariel's saying it too. Too a lot of people are saying it, saying it, but uh Okay, so they have April 22nd and April 29th booked for the Apex already. So we know there's going to be two more occasions. But Dana, Dana, he was asked, he was talking about it Saturday at post show. And he says, it's just like, it's time to move on from the Apex. I don't know if, I don't know if, you know, just uh, if he's read the criticism from people, <laughs> you know, myself included and, and a whole lot of people and fans, fans included, fans included. You know, um, it's very telling when the commentators on the show that they're at the at the uh, Virgin Hotel were openly talking about how much better this is than the Apex. And then you've had, like we've talked about, like the last couple times at the Apex, the announcers have been burying being there. It's like no, like if you were, if you, if Dana was to honestly ask, like the opinions of his staff and his commentators and the fighters. Fighters like, do they want to stay in the apex? I guarantee you, they're all going to say no. It's the the place has served its purpose, and it's uh, it's no longer a viable venue. And I mean, and like I said, Dana should have, if he wants to keep fights local there in Vegas, exp- do what I explore what I said. 
Yeah, uh, virgin. Yeah. yeah. Explore what I said, but uh, but yeah, he goes like, we need to get out more, you know, international. We need to get out international, and it's just like, it's just like, and like, like we talked about, like, like I don't know if that means that the that the uh, plans for expansion of the Apex have fallen by the wayside, or they're not going to do it. And like me and Dave talked about, like that was always supposed to be a venue for non UFC stuff, but literally like fights every day for Apex, and also for stuff like Power Slap that became created or you know it was also supposed to be a concert venue concert venue i know i know ufc christmas parties they are always they're always wild and crazy but they always have some kind of performer and they do a concert inside the apex i think it was i think this past one was kid rock one year's red hot chili peppers one year was snoop dog they just always had you know always you know somebody big doing the christmas party and it's always at the apex so it's kind of set up for that it's not set up for ufc fights it's and like i've said a million times on this show said it on observer radio the other night it's a slap in the face to the guys who work hard these guys and girls that work hard to get to the ufc and then you're fighting in front of less people on a regional scene and then and then like like we found out like even like the family and friends of these fighters aren't allowed inside the apex inside the apex because of limited seating. Like you're not even letting their friends and family see them fight. So crazy. It's, it's time to get out of it. And I'm glad Dana's actually, actually coming around to, to it. It seems. Well, we got two shows coming up in May that they haven't announced venues for. So we're yeah. probably going to hear pretty soon and then we'll, we'll have a good idea. We've talked about that May 13th show and you look at that card and that just screams that, that that's definitely not an apex show. No, that's, and it's probably going to be somewhere in like the Midwest. Yeah. We talked about the Midwest, but the, yeah. the 20th, the 20th, I don't know that that has a main event yet. It, I don't think it does, but that'll be interesting to see where that one goes. And yeah. Um, you know, it's like I said, like, like we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, again, Dana says a lot of things. We'll just see. yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, and uh, UFC two eighty nine uh, location. They're going back to Abu Dhabi, and they're doing a whole lot of pay per views. Okay, so you, first off, UFC two eighty nine June tenth. It's in Canada. I know. Okay. That much. Uh, I've heard Vancouver. I've hmm. heard Vancouver, but it's in Canada. Uh, fighters. There's okay. There's only two fights I think that have been kind of announced for the show. Yeah, Jasmine Vicious and uh, both, Miranda both Maverick. Of, both of them with Canadian fighters. Miranda yeah. Maverick indicated on her Instagram that the fight was going to be the show was going to be in Canada. So it tells me they've all been told. Uh, Canadian Mike Malott made made a comment about wanting to be on the card with Canadian flags. So it's in Canada. And I've heard Vancouver. So Mark Andre Barrio also yeah. announced for that card. So yeah. So um, all right. But, uh, uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, October twenty first, UFC two ninety four. So here's the interesting thing about the pay per view schedule: International Fight Week, July eighth, seventh, yep. whatever. July eighth, eighth, yeah, eighth. Eighth. That's UFC two ninety. October twenty first is two ninety four. That means you have one, two, two ninety one, two ninety two. 293 in between there so you're probably going to have one each in august september october you're probably going to get like two back-to-back weeks again like we did a couple years ago yeah you have you already have one in july and october so if you have one one in august and september they'll use one extra i think i don't know the dates but i think they're going to do one july 8th then probably again july 29th okay probably you know august whatever 20 something september 20 something 
and then yeah. October. That makes October. sense. They've done that before. Yeah. Um, there, there was a couple of years ago. They had two July fights. I think John Jones fought on one of them. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. Yeah. It was a yeah. Houston, the, right? No, the uh, Anaheim card with uh, Jones and Cormier. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that was yeah. International Fight Week was earlier in the month. Yeah, Two thirteen. Um, that was uh, Whitaker and Romero ended up being yeah. the main event. Yeah, which I think, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, yeah, because we were thinking, like, you know what, they, they're going to sell tickets for International Fight Week anyway, so you might as well put Jones on at the end of the month, I think was kind of the rationale at that time. I, I think they had something else for that show originally, and just yeah. ended up. Connor, maybe? I'm, I'm looking it up real quick. That doesn't matter. Um, oh, they were going to do, they were going to do Co- uh, Garbrandt, Dillashaw, and Nunez, Sevchenko. And, oh right, right, and, right, right, right. And, Whit- yeah. and Whitaker Romero, <laughs> like a three-way main, and ended up yeah. with just the one. Yeah. Um, all right, and um, we close things off. Um, we got some fight announcements. Got a few of them. Uh, uh, UFC Fight Night, uh, April twenty-second. Yeah, has been Lucindo against Brogan Walker and Jeremiah Wells against Matthew Simmelsberger. UFC Fight Night, April 29th, Emily Ducote against Pollyanna Vienna. Here's a good one. UFC 288, May 6th. Drew Dober against Matt Frivola. All right. Uh, yeah, UFC Fight Night, uh, June 3rd. Tim Elliott against Alan Nascimento. And then UFC 289 that we talked about. Talked about uh, June 10th. Miranda Maverick against Jasmine Jesuda Vicious. And Eric Anders against Mark Andre Barrio. He's still your boy, Eric Anders? Eric, your boy, Anders. Yeah, Drew Dober and Matt Frivola. You know I'm a big Drew Dober guy. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I still think he was like one of the unsung fighters of the year in 2022. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think at some point people are going to be looking at his record and like, holy crap, <laughs> like he should be fighting some of these like guys like Fiziev and, um, you know, like bigger names in the division um because he's he's picking up some big wins and some stoppages so um, i'll be looking forward to that one and that's at the prudential center as first reported by ryan frederick um all right so that's going to just about do it so uh ryan uh tell a good people and some of the new listeners we might have uh where they can see here and read you okay first off i want to give i don't know if he'll listen to this to this show because mma is not really his thing but he's a mutual friend of ours i want to give a shout out to david lavelle hang in there buddy yes talk to us talk to us anytime you, you know me and paul we got your back well, I, t- I talk to david all day every day so but uh, yeah. yeah i agree he's having a tough day so he, yeah, he's having a tough day and you know we're always thinking about you buddy but uh yeah uh twitter at ryan j frederick uh and then uh yeah, WrestlingObserver.com every Saturday, 42 Saturdays a year. And then a Wrestling Observer newsletter. And then, of course, catch me every post-UFC pay-per-view uh, on Wrestling Observer Radio. As long, you know, when I can do it, as, you know, I know some, when I'm at the show, it's a little bit harder to do, do yeah. just because of scheduling. But when I'm not at the show, it's a little bit easier. So, uh, yeah. And I do have something to plug this week. Um, I did a podcast. I I think I recorded it about two weeks ago, but it just dropped today. And it's uh, something called The Shiz. And it's available on Spotify. I just tweeted out the link. And and here's the description of it. What does a heart attack, Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, and a WrestleMania amazing story have to do with this week's hashtag podcast? Join me, Paul Fontaine, on a hell journey of mental health and dreams come true. And uh, yeah, we, I had a really great chat with my with my good friend, the uh, wrestling machine, and uh, we yeah we mostly talked about like mental health and just 
things how they go and a little bit about wrestling but mostly just about you know living right and uh good things happening to good people and stuff like that so i think you'd all enjoy it. it's about a half an hour and uh it's free so so check that out let me know what you think so for ryan i'm paul and uh ryan take us home like you always do hope everybody enjoyed the show uh have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend later when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.